my notes I want to catch up from the last couple of days. I've been finding some fascinating stuff, though, with the whole space program and theosophy and New Age. Like, you cannot separate the Nasatology space religion from the New Age movement, from the, the Freemasonic, the New Age, the Theosophic. It's all there. But even more, I found a reference to something called the plan that pre-exists the whole Q thing. And even the previous, I think it was called, um, it, it wasn't, there was Operation Trust. We've talked about this stuff before, but there's something else called the plan that actually goes further back to the New Age movement. And it has to do with Alice Bailey. The plan, the theosophy, the New Age plan, has to do with and this is fascinating. First of all, you can't separate the Q movement from General Flynn. And if you remember, General Flynn had this prayer patriot meeting where he had all these magas praying to the seven rays of the archangels, the seven rays. Well, the seven rays is out of theosophy. And so this is a fascinating connection to me because I'm looking into this stuff and it turns out they had something called the plan which was authored by the, quote, hierarchy. And the plan involved, quote, a high priority in removing all Jewish presence and influence from human consciousness to be achieved by eliminating Judaism. Now, this is from this theosophical group and the plan for this new age religion that involved destroying these old religions. But anyway, the connection here is the plan, the seven rays, General Flynn, and how the QAnon movement is quite literally just repackaging uh, blood libel. little side note there, but nothing is new here. Everything is recycled. And so the plan, the deep state, the Q, adrenochrome, fantasy, blood libel, it all seems to make sense. But here's what I, I came across that was most interesting, is that what they were talking about, Alice Bailey, H.P. Blavatsky, these occultists from 100 years ago, is that mankind is being collectively initiated and that the rulers, the clandestine hidden rulers would be externalizing themselves. And it occurred to me, this could be the alien disclosure. So it turns out that according to their timeline, 2025 is when the hierarchy will show itself next year. So here's Alice Bailey on this. Thus, a great movement is proceeding and a tremendously increased interplay and interaction has taken place. This will go on until A.D. 2025. During the years intervening between now and then, very great changes will be taking place. And at the great General Assembly of the Hierarchy, held every century, in 2025, in all probability, it will be set for the first stage of externalizing the Hierarchy. The present cycle from now until that date is called the stage of the forerunner. It is a preparation, testing the methods, and it's intended to be revelatory in its techniques and results. You will see from the masters, initiates, and world disciples and aspirants affiliated with the hierarchy are all passing through cycles of great activity. Now this is really where the New Age movement starts and the idea that there's this collective baptism or initiation of mankind, but I didn't know that 2025 was their year. So just a heads up, 
next year. And what does this mean? Externalization of the hierarchy. Well, this is where it gets into this realm of secret chiefs or the the unknown who's behind, you know, who's at the top of the pyramid, who runs the place. And if there is going to be an alien invasion, they've made it clear from Tucker Carlson and a bunch of others that they're not coming from space. They're already here. And this has been one of these themes that's been like the last year or so. In fact, I think this is what they're building up to, is that if they're going to do a D-class or they're going to do a disclosure, it's going to be this. It's going to be that externalization of the hierarchy. All right, let's continue here. A lot of assassination talk. I mean, it is really insane these days. Um, they're getting loose with it. And Roger Stone, you know, Roger Stone, Nixon, he was associated with Nixon and Watergate, not too heavily, but he's been around that long. And here he is with a similar role with Trump, major J6 coordinator and everything. But Roger Stone is on audio talking about assassinating people. He told, listen to this, Roger Stone spoke with Cop Pell about assassinating Eric Swalwell and Jerry Nadler. He said, quote, Let's go find Swalwell. It's time to do it. Then we'll see how brave the rest of them are. It's time to do it. Swalwell has to die before the election. They need to get the message. I'm not putting up with this anymore. I mean, that's pretty blatant. A lot of assassination talk, just again, um, I guess we we should expect it because they're building up for this crescendo. Also, there was a shock claim. Trump sex at Epstein Mansion. Many girls warning graphic details. I read into it so you wouldn't have to. And mainly, um, he was uh, really... I don't even want to read it, actually. It's kind of gross. But what came out later was they don't have any eyewitnesses. So it's all just... It was like it was true for about 12 hours, and it's not true. Another nothing burger, like I predicted. So this is an example of breaking out of the 24-hour news cycle. Like, oh, I'm freaking out now because the guy I'm voting for is, and now he's one of them. Oh, no, wait, he's not. You know, it's up and down, up and down, to where people become apathetic. They choose their own realities. And speaking of choosing our own realities, last week I was debating with somebody on X about how nobody died on 9-11. And she insisted that her mother's best friend's dog, worker, uh, dog walker know somebody whose relative has a dentist, whose best friend was a neighbor of somebody who's pretty sure that their uncle's brother died on 9-11 or something like that. And I called her out on it, and she couldn't provide a name. I'm like, okay, so you are telling me that it's wrong for me to question these events because you know somebody affected but you don't know their name? How do I know you're not lying? Give me a name. Give me the initials. And they never could. And I said, please, don't take all day to research it because then I won't believe you. I, she never got back to me. So this 9-11 liar never got back to me. This propagandist, this unpaid agitprop promulgator, this terrorist, crisis actor, Look, if you're saying this thing, these things are real and you, you don't have any direct knowledge, you're A, a terrorist, because you can use this stuff to scare kids. Oh, you know that those, those Muslims fly planes into buildings and burn people up and, like, okay, that's scary. And you're also a liar. 
So you're a liar and a terrorist. And you're a crisis actor because you're acting like it's real to create a sense of crisis about terrorism and religious wars. So what I'm saying is that you're a lying terrorist if you mindlessly parrot MSM agitprop. Just facts. But I came across this today from The Independent. The fantasists who pretended to be 9-11 survivors. Apparently this is a big industry, or it was. But it got so bad that a clinical psychiatrist came up with a term called the 9-11 sign. What is the 9-11 sign? The 9-11 sign was just a term she used to describe people who claimed proximity to the attacks for attention. And some of them became so attached to these false narratives that they believed their own lies. Think about that. The event didn't happen. The, the liar attaches themselves to it for attention and sympathy. And then they actually begin to believe their lies. That's self-brainwashing. That's literally self-gaslighting, self-brainwashing. Like, you are a perfect citizen at that point. I died on 9-11. This is so sick. It spiraled out of control. The fantasists who pretended to be 9-11 survivors, fake stories of heroism and grief became so common in the aftermath, they became known as the 9-11 sign. I've talked to many of these people. I've met and talked to 9-11 liars. I can name one now um, who told me that he watched the planes hit the building and for me to stop calling it fake. And should I name names? Commenter says, 40 died on Flight 93. Um, again, you don't have any direct evidence of this. So you're basically a crisis actor. And you're scaring kids. You're saying, hey, hey kids, if you get on a plane, it might crash into a government building because some of some mad terrorist. Like, why would you spread such a malicious rumor? I don't understand that. Are you, I mean, if you're not a paid propagandist working for the mainstream media terrorizing the public into compliance, then why would you do that? You know, like, like for example, hell. I don't believe that if you don't live right, you trip, fall, you die, you fall to hell, you get tortured by demons for eternity. Like, I don't believe in Dante's Inferno's version of hell. So I'm not going to go around spreading that to people. Like, hey, you better watch what you do. You might burn in hell. And demons are going to have a lot of fun kicking your head around and you'll be awake for the whole thing. Like, you can invent so many things to terrorize people, but why? Like, why would you want to implant fear? Got to be careful about the planes, you know. Um, someone might box cut you to death and then crash it into the ground. Because it happened on 9-11. I saw it on TV. Like, you don't have any direct knowledge. You don't know about Chinese space lasers being real. Traffic children, blood drinking, pedovores, stock in the halls of Congress. That's all fake. Anyway, I'm looking at this article here. She described to her friends in great detail. Again, we're talking about 9-11 fakers. There are just so many of these. I don't want to go through all of them. But basically this. The story is, a lot of people make up stories about it. They exaggerate, they attach themselves, they lie. Like this guy claimed, this is an actor and comedian who claimed he escaped from the 54th floor of the North Tower. Yeah, there I was. The first tower got hit. We were jostled all over the place. Port Authority came on the loudspeaker and said, hey, explosion in Tower 1. 
and I was like, well, I'm going to check things out. I went downstairs, and six minutes later, bang. Anyway, long, detailed story, and he had to apologize to the victims. But they called it the 9-11 sign. So if you are a 9-11 believer, knowing what we know now, you, are, you have the 9-11 sign. Even if you're not saying you know somebody who knows somebody, if you're saying that you have reason to believe that it really happened, then your hearsay is actually coming from the screen. It's C-say, but it's, it's the same thing. Whether you're claiming you know somebody who knows somebody, or you're basing it off of what the TV said, you are exhibiting the 9-11 sign. A lot of people have these things. they got the Sandy Hook sign, the Maui sign, the Palestine, Ohio sign, the chemtrail sign. Like these are just, again, these are just indicators that they're attaching themselves to things they have no direct experience with. But that's how fascinating this thing is to me, is how the screen itself, the televised version of reality, augments your sense of reality. So you do feel like you're attached to it. It's just on the other side of this little window here. It's right here in my hands. It happened. I can see it. Aaron Rodgers gets cut from the Pat McAfee show because he said that he didn't even say it. Look, in his defense, I dug into this a little bit. I listened to him. Aaron Rodgers didn't accuse Jimmy Kimmel of being a pedophore. He didn't say that. He said that Jimmy Kimmel didn't want the list to come out. But this was a follow-up to a conversation months ago where Aaron Rodgers said the list is going to drop and he was made fun of for it. So when the list was about to come out, Rodgers was merely pointing out that Jimmy Kimmel would be, I guess, having to confront the fact he was wrong, that there is something there. But he didn't specifically accuse Kimmel of being one of them. So I don't think it's fair the way that Kimmel mischaracterized Aaron Rodgers' attack on him. But yeah, he lost the gig regardless. Let's see here. Mole children are back. So the whole story of you know tunnels and all this stuff, it's it's brought back mole children. Here's Dom Looker who says, This nurse claimed she was sent to Central Park during the quarantine in April 2020 to assist thousands of children who were saved from an underground tunnel in Central Park. There are images of nurses with baby supplies. Yep, all these tents. I was told this too. Listen to this. You know, we were talking about empty tents and dancing nurses and how fake it all was. The QAnoners were covering up the fake. I would say, hey, uh, hey, Kool-Aid drinkers. All of these testing centers are empty. Those tents are empty. And they would say, hey, stop pointing it out. The reason why those tents are there is for the trafficked children that they're rescuing. So that the noners stayed home for 2020 because they saw all those tents as evidence that Trump's white hats were saving the children from the tunnels and the children were there being taken care of. And I'm like, wait a minute here. They're buying this story instead of checking to see what's actually happening. And the people who actually checked found out the tents were largely empty. I mean, they were just, that's the fact. These were decoys. It was a decoy operation. But the truth of it is, it was a decoy. The mainstream media version, it was a pandemic. But the truthers, the QAnoners, 
were convinced that, no, no, it wasn't fake. It was trafficked children from the tunnels beneath the ground who were being abused by satanic Democrats were being rescued by the white hats behind the scenes, secretly working for Trump. So they invent this story and this narrative with no facts in order to explain the anomaly away without taking away from its essential reality. Self-brainwashing. Okay, let's see. I'm going through some comments. G says, Rogers was against the roll up your sleeve. Yeah, I'm brainwashed. Look, anti-vax is a brainwashed position. And you can be mad at me for saying that. But pro-vax, you agree with me. If you're an anti-vaxxer, you agree that pro-vax is brainwashing. You know, it's like that old joke. Um, what's the definition of a cult? The church down the street from yours? It's a point. The point I'm making here is that uh, pro-vax is obviously brainwashed. So anti-vaxxers are like, oh no, we're anti-brainwashing. No, you're actually the counter-narrative to the brainwashing operation. So the fact that he is an anti-vaxxer just means he's there to feed into the mind war itself. The dialectic. Again, anti-vax is a truther position. I'm not a truther. I'm anti-vax and pro-vax. Again, I mean, we say this a million times, but the fact of it is, I think the best way to explain it is that the pro-vaxxers believe in the virus, which is fake. And the anti-vaxxers also tend to believe in that. But even if they don't, they believe in the, the V being dangerous. So both of them just accept the premise, though, that something is out there killing people. And that's the main thing. They don't care what you think. You might say, well, no, I think what's killing people is the 5G. A lot of people believe that, too. They said, hey, no, the reason why people are dying in 2020 it's because 5G is spreading, and wherever the towers go, people die. So this created this perception among a lot of them that there was something happening. People were dying, but because viruses are faked, it was the 5G towers. So then we're, we're like, again, we're looking at accepting the premise that people are dying. And I'm like, no, I don't even accept that. And it's been five years. Look, I remember we argued this again and again. Like, well, when's Vaxageddon going to happen? When Vaxageddon? When Wuhan? When are people going to fall on their faces? Like, I can't wait. And what happened, though, ironically, is they, they kind of started that. We had our own little Wuhan. It was called Suddenly Died, where they would have people on TV just suddenly faint and fall over. And that's kind of stopped. But that became evidence. So anytime somebody dies, Stu Peters is there, oh, the vax got him. And anti-vaxxers, like sheep, just repeat that. Anybody that dies, dies from this. So their cognitive bias is being played with. And I'm saying played with intentionally. They are throwing accelerant on the anti-vax fire intentionally. For the same reason they threw it on the other side. DeMar Hamlin, heart attack on the field. Oh, because he got vaxxed. Uh, no... If you look at it closely, it was all some kind of Masonic, satanic ritual of some kind, death, resurrection stuff. All the trappings, all the symbolism. No reason to think it was anything but theater. But they purposefully baited the anti-vaxxers to take that position. And one more point on this. The reason why I don't care about the topic is it's 2024. 
you know, we, we gave the antis years to prove they had a point, and they never established that. Something to look forward to, a movie coming out on the 19th. Again, very consistent with all the symbolism and numerology and the dates. 119 being associated with Genesis and the fall of the Tower of Babel, but happens to be the date that the movie ISS comes out. If you haven't seen the trailer, it's right on line with everything else that we've been expecting. Nukes and Space War. I think it's just a superstition. Now, I'm very interested in watching this to see if they fake space better in this movie than they do in the ISS, and if it's super obvious. And I think that will be the case. But the story here, the International Space Station is a symbol of United States and Russian collaboration. And again, international. This is all the Tower of Babel is about. It's about everybody united in one mission from Earth to the heavens. And that's what this represents. The ISS is our probably most obvious expression of the realization of the Tower of Babel, that we have created it. And it has to fall. That's why 119 is notable for the release date, because it's got that Tower of Babel reference. And here you have, if you're looking at the screen, nuclear detonations happening across the world, and then it becomes war above in the ISS. We don't talk politics. Here we are one. Hey, guys. Wait a minute. What the what? hell is going on down there? Oh, whoa. we got to get out now, guys. Let's <gasps> get out. Oh, my God. Anyway. Looks good. ISS comes out next week. Only in theaters. January 19th. I'll be watching it. Tensions flare aboard the ISS. Worldwide conflict breaks out on Earth. Reeling from this, astronauts receive orders to take control of the station by any means. You know when 9-11 happened, you had an astronaut up there, the only American astronaut, Culbertson, who was watching 9-11 happening from space. He claims he saw it happen as he was listening to the Tom Clancy book, Some of All Fears, and he thought to himself, wow, this is just like the Tom Clancy book. And then he brings out a trumpet, and he played taps. And Earth looked a lot more like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It looked like miniatures back then. During 9-11 from the space station, he had a handheld camera. It looked like plastic models versus today where it's all just CGI crap. Twenty four K says ISS movie has only cinematic photography, nothing different. Well we'll see. Because when you're looking at these characters on the ISS, the astronauts, they're dangling from harnesses and it looks like a gallows. They look like stuffed sausages. Their pants are too tight. You can see harness lines. You can see they're straining Bloods rush into their heads. Nothing about it looks right. It's like, why do you need a belt? Two loops too small. Like, it's just like too tight. In space. Like, what? There's no gravity. Nothing's going to pull your pants. 
they look like they're straining, you know, at every single second to keep the illusion. But here you're watching a movie, same thing, and they're floating around like it's nothing. And I'm like, wait a minute here. This should be a good example, I think, of the difference between how space is represented by NASAtology and Hollywood. Because I, I kind of thought for some time that the reason we haven't seen any like really good convincing space movies with the space station, because if you notice, almost all the science fiction movies have artificial gravity. Like nobody's floating around on the Starship Enterprise. No, they have like gravity in their shoes or something. They stick to the floors. That's just on all the movies. I'm like, why aren't people floating around in movies more often? And I thought, well, maybe it's because they don't want to draw a comparison because the ISS will look fake by comparison. So, like, maybe NASA says, hey, guys, when you make these sci-fi movies, don't want to blow our cover. Just do some artificial gravity crap. Because if you make people floating around, it's going to make us look really bad. And there was that movie with, was it Sandra Bullock? Gravity. And just to give you an idea of how effective their brainwashing is. So Gravity came out in 2013. And I remember watching it. Back then I wasn't as cognizant of what I was taking in. And it didn't set off any sort of red flags with me. But I remember there was this conversation about Gravity where somebody had asked the movie director, they said, you know, uh, did you guys film it in space? And everybody laughed because, you know, he asked, you know, like, did you guys shoot this thing in space? Um, let me see here. I think I can even find some references to this. But at the time, because he wanted to, the director revealed two reasons he couldn't do it in space. George Clooney, Sandra Bullock, he wanted to. Um, journalist learns gravity was not filmed in space. Okay, this is from Vulture. I remember watching this. And I remember not laughing, thinking, oh, it's not filmed in space? Like, I thought they filmed it in space. Here we go. They tell you when you're a kid there are no stupid questions. But that's not true. As Mexico TV reporter Carlos Perez learned when he asked Gravity Director to describe the difficulties filming in space. Quote, well, yeah, we took some cameras in the Soyuz spacecraft. We were there for three and a half months in space. Then the room filled with Snickers. So they made a joke about it. But when I, when I heard that question, when I heard this, I'm like, why is that funny? Three months in space? That's not a lot of time. It didn't seem unbelievable to me. Like, why is that a big deal, filming a movie in space? But I'm just pointing out that this was 10 years ago, and I was brainwashed. Poncho Lefty says, Velcro souls. Right. Well, in, in most science fiction movies, they get everything wrong. Like, I'm a non-believer in this stuff, and I'm having to correct it all. Oh, someone says, good night, Lily Bell. Lily Bell's like a ghost in the chat, because I can't see her because she's been blocked somehow. I'm not sure what it was. I'm pretty sure she deserved it, although we rarely block anybody. But others can see her, so when others talk to her, I'm like, hmm. Is Lily Bell in the room with you right now? All right, looking forward, definitely looking forward to this ISS movie. I was actually predicting that they were going to pull it down on a 119. 
Anyway, I don't want to go too deep into Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry right now, but there's a pretty good blog about it. I put a link. Back to my notes. We were talking about the 9-11 sign. 9-11 liars who are all default crisis actors and terrorist propagandists. The Epstein thing, a lot of buzz. A lot of Stephen Hawking stuff got thrown in there. It just... It's a clown show. Does anybody believe any of it? Is anybody still expecting there to be some great reveal? It seems like more hopium. Uh, CNN.com Perry, Iowa school shooting. Now survivors and witnesses in a small city near Des Moines are echoing the same sentiment as others who have suffered the terror of mass shootings in America. Student Rachel Cares told CNN, quote, It doesn't feel real. This is like one of those things where you see on TV and you're like, that's never going to linger its way towards my community, but it does. It's really real. One of the things we hear at many of these events is, it was just like a movie. Or it was just like the drill we just did yesterday. It seemed like something from TV. It doesn't seem real. It seems like a fiction. It seems like a psyop. Like, And life follows psyops, and psyops follow art. We've figured this out. Let me play this clip. Uh, Donald Trump might be uh, giving a little nod here. Look, if, if Trump is giving nods to the cues, if he's throwing little hints, if he's dog-whistling to the nonners, then he's a dog-whistler. Then he knows that he can communicate to those of us in the know in a very sly way. So here, this might actually be a nod to the flat earthers. Take a listen. Nikki Haley has been in the pocket of the open borders establishment donors her entire career, and uh, she's a globalist, you know? She likes the globe. Ooh, Nikki Haley, she's a globalist, and she likes the globe. Hmm. Uh, she's a globalist, you know? She likes the globe. She likes the globe. Like, what does that mean? It seems to me that if she likes the globe, then she's a glober. Unlike us, you know, we who know that it's not a globe. One more time. Uh, she's a globalist, you know, she likes the globe. I like America first. Anyway, there's uh, Commander-in-Chief Donald Trump to some, Elvis to others, Jesus, JFK to others still. Let's go over some symbolism in plain sight. I've been studying Crowley, Alistair Crowley. I've been studying magic, uh, ritual magic, theory and practice, runes. I've been doing a deep dive ever since I went to this park where there was just like hundreds of witches in a circle and ton like altars all around. And they were doing this thing where they were all facing the south, praying to fire. And then they all rotated 90 degrees and east and then north and then west calling the elements like it was a a pagan event where all the covens and i didn't know that they're everywhere all the covens from around town and surrounding areas had gathered and you know brought forth like these tents and anyway i made a donation i got a box of books and so i've been doing a deep dive into a lot of this stuff and one of the things we often talk about is the symbolism that we see in these world stage psycho or these dramas these uh, psychological operations but 
much of the symbolism is hidden, but it's hidden in plain sight. And here's something from Aleister Crowley. He said, Let the adept learn to write backwards with either hand. Let him learn to walk backwards. Let him constantly watch films and listen to records reversed. Let him so accustom to himself to these things that they appear natural and appreciable as whole. Let him practice speaking backward. Let him learn to read backward. It is this difficult to avoid cheating oneself as an expert reader sees a sentence at a glance. Let the disciple read aloud to himself backward, then more quickly. So my point of it is, Aleister Crowley was talking about how in order to understand or to read the symbolism, that you had to be be flexible. In other words, you had to be able to look at things in many different ways. So here is Westworld Season 3. And if you look at the poster, a couple of things stood out to me. The logo, when turned sideways, gives you a 311. And it says right beneath it, 2020. So you have 311, 2020. The tagline, free will is not free. And it has what looks like a person impaled on what looks like the One World Trade Tower. So taken together, World War Three or Westworld Season 3, but 3-11-2020 is the pandemic date. And the One World Trade Tower looks like a syringe, as we've often talked about. And what's more, it's on the site of the 9-11, the Ground Zero, so it's the new 9-11. Now, the needle symbolism is also significant because, of course, 3-11-2020 had its ground zero in Seattle. Same meaning, space needle, the giant syringe, one world tower, it's the same symbolism here. But the impalement, obviously, look, 3-11-2020, a man is impaled, free will is not free. Meaning, if you're going to be free, you got to do something, you got to take this. So this is foreshadowing, but at a very deep level. And it's even specific to the date that the pandemic is declared if you reverse it, flip it, rotate it. I have a few other examples like this of symbolism in plain sight, all communicating the same messages. So the next one I was looking at was from... Here it is. A movie called three, or a series called 3%. So if you haven't seen 3%, it's about a post-apocalyptic society, as everything else seems to be these days. But in that one, you have this image of, well, the logo is 3%, but if you turn it sideways, the 3 becomes the Twin Towers, and the percent sign actually looks like the Twin Towers when seen from above. And the 3 gives you the Twin Towers when you turn it sideways. So many of these examples I could go through, but the main one I wanted to point out was the specificity. 3.11.2020. Poncho Lefty says, tapping out, be safe. Yeah, thanks for joining. And by the way, um, just go to ips.monster and subscribe. Baking Brad says, hey Tim, do you practice magic or study it? Well, I would say this. You are an unwitting participant in group magic ritual every time you plug in to the media matrix. Yeah, I mean, it's like psychological warfare. We always talk about this, mind war. But what if that's just the surface level? What if it's actually spiritual? And when I say spiritual, I mean, what if it's actually um, 
designed to in darken your soul, your sentience, your awareness, your perception, to make your perception secondary to their perception. So in other words, you have your perspective on reality being supplanted by Big Brother's viewfinder. And plugging into it, feeding into it, believing in it, is worshipping. It's taking part in the idolatry. So if anybody's practicing magic, it's the unwitting participants in mass magical ritual. It's like, the real question is, have you opted out of it? Are you not feeding the beast? Are you not feeding into the power elite's lie world order structure? And I would say, if you haven't opted out, the default position is you are a matrix battery until you opt out, until you step back. Every red pill truther is just hardcore a, a louche bag. Just a louche donor. Alright, here's the movie poster, or rather the logo for 3%. So if you're looking at the screen, it looks like the number 3 and the percentage sign. But if you can imagine it rotating 90 degrees to the left, and I'll help you with it here, the inside of the 3 becomes an 11. Or the Twin Towers. So not only is it 3%, but it's also 3.11, and it's 9.11. The percentage sign is a perfect match for the bird's eye view of the Twin Towers. So it's 9.11 and 3.11 all tied in to this show called 3% about how the 3% take a sterilization vax in order to get admitted into the utopia. 311, 9-11. Interestingly, you can find connections with 311, 9-11 associated with Neo in the Matrix. His birthday, his passport expiration date, and I think the code there is the expiration and the birth date would refer to the expiration of the old age and the birth of the Neo age. The death of the old age, 9-11, the birth of the new age, 3-11. It's, it's a code that is reflected in a lot of their predictive programming. It's very consistent. Let's see what else we have here. I'm going through your comments. Lean Dion says 3% is Hunger Games with the sterilization poke. Oh yeah, and what's more, when you get it, they have a hole cut into your sleeve in the shape of a star that has your, like, vax mark there, which they put something there. So it's like a status symbol. I'm like, wow, it's a status symbol to show that you're part of the elite. And that's what it ultimately is. All those vaxies, you know, the people taking selfies while doing it, it's a status symbol. It is virtue signaling. It's not dangerous. Unless you believe it is. They're as dangerous as 5G towers and, and cirrus clouds. Let's see what we have here. Mike Rothschild says, Many of the same people who believed Barack Obama was going to have them arrested and held in abandoned Walmarts and guillotined now believe that Trump is a god figure who can have anyone he wants killed. This is a disturbing trend. And that is true. I would say uh, the, the 
naked power grab that MAGA is really about. You know, it's, there's nothing conservative about it. Okay, let's see what else we have here. This morning we were talking about the $20 bill, how you fold it up and it shows you the Twin Towers burning. But the $100 bill has a pretty convincing space needle with some kind of an EMP blast or a high altitude nuke blast above it. But the $100 bill has showed up in a couple of movies associated with this. And so, for example, I was looking at this clip from the Sonic the Hedgehog movie where he has to go to Seattle. And it starts off with the Space Needle. He throws bombs into the drainage, you know, causes a flood. So it's this Seattle destruction scene. And for this scene, he gets paid in $100 bills. So this is a reoccurring theme that I've seen. The 100 associated with the Space Needle and Seattle's destruction. In fact, the Century, I think it's called the Century Project, where they put like $100 million into the Space Needle just a few years ago. But this is one example. But I'm watching the scene, and before Sonic detonates the bombs he, and, and all this, he says, this is only a drill. That's got to be an inside joke for this future calamity to hit Seattle. Again, they're going to 9-11 Seattle. And the level of predictive programming that we're examining here, it guarantees that we're only facing a mind war assault on our cognition and worldview. There are no real threats. And if you think there are, list them. What is a real threat in your view? Let's list them and just deal with them one after another. Because so what I'm noticing is that a lot of what passes for trutherism, trying to get to the truth, is really just collecting a bunch of things to be scared of. A collection of superstition. So I'd like to ask, where does the fake end and where does the real begin? And can you tell me where that line is? And the closer I look, following and following the, the clues, it gets increasingly obvious that this is purely a internal war that they foment inside the minds of the people for purposes of control through weaponized superstition. And it's ancient. It's the most ancient form of control. Okay, let's move on. I think I'm bored with Epstein. Recent shooter was also a lefty, so the right wing cares about it. Lots of things coming true, as prophesized in Leave the World Behind. We're just waiting for the Civil War. The January 6th anniversary came and went. Nobody knows the truth about it, except really us. Yesterday was the birthday of Elvis and Bowie. Very important world stage idols, characters, what they represent. Uh, on the 19th, by the way, um, not only am I going to go watch the movie about the ISS, but we're going to do a Zoom conference that day, and it's going to be filmed in the conference room here, and I'll have some people here, a live audience, and we're going to be talking about the ISS on that day as well. The objective is the IPS will bring down the ISS. That's right, the IPS think tank has the ammunition to take down the space station in the minds of the believers. And some of the things that we're going to bring out are irrefutable. There is reason to believe spacewalks are filmed underwater, and it's not just the bubbles in space, which should have closed it. It should have just sealed the case. It's case closed. 
it's underwater. But they've had a few years to, to fight that particular round, but the other ammunition they won't be ready for. For example, the underwater lighting, the light loss, anyone who knows anything about photography will not be able to lie. Well, then maybe they could. They could lie like 9-11 liars. And they'll say, well, maybe it's just in space. Space dust is diffusing the light. They'll come up with some lie. But it'll be ad hoc. And it'll be obvious. But one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in some believers in the ISS who have no knowledge of its fakeability and induce a slight paradigm shock, perhaps, or maybe cause them to go into damage control mode for NASA. But it's going to be interesting to see you know, what happens when you expose people to things like evidence that contradicts what they believe. Baking Brad says, I've recently started looking to magic. It's my understanding that's all in your mind and everything is magic. A Christian prayer is considered magic. Um, the definition is, at least by Crowley, is simply causing change in accordance with one's will. So it doesn't necessarily mean supernatural. Lying is magic in this sense. Marketing, manipulation, mass mind control, logical fallacies, sleight of mind, anything that allows you to achieve your will overcome others of weaker will, trickery. Uh, yeah, specifically lying is the most basic form of, of what you would consider to be magic. In fact, one of Crowley's books is called Book of Lies. And what is a lie, if you think about it? Um, f from the idea of darkness, chaos, and then let there be light. And it begins with the word. So the spoken word speaking order into the chaos, speaking creation into existence. And God's creation is truth. It is spoken into existence, and it is as it was spoken. But then you lie about what's real, and now you've deviated from the truth. But if people believe the lies, it becomes a construct. You have institutional lies. You have belief systems where now what people believe in their head is no longer consistent with the world as spoken into existence by the Creator. So it's almost like lying is perfectly associated with Satan and truth with God in this very basic sense. It's like you could say lying is satanic. Deviating from creation, uh, creating the split in the mind to separate people from a pure experience of creation as is, is very satanic in that sense. You're distorting creation. The world stage, you could look at the world stage, internalized consensus view of the world that the massified mind accepts. You could look at that as a satanic artificial construct to cover up God's creation. Like you could look at the media in that sense as a deviation from reality and a direct attack on man's spiritual nature. So in that sense, Magic isn't really necessarily about the supernatural, but it's about reality control to a large extent. But then it does get into other areas. Like, for example, um, in, in our concept of ourselves, you know, the idea of intuition or any sort of higher modality of consciousness is something that goes into paranormal. It's excluded from regular conversation about psychology, psychiatry, because they, I think we may have a dumbed 
down understanding of our full capacities. So the term magic doesn't really mean a whole lot to me um, until we get into the specifics about what we're talking about. And again, Crowley's concept of it was magic is about causing change in accordance with one's will. And this is where I think it pertains to the mass mind control because its will is taking precedent over every individual will. You're meant to actually, your will is your your own expression of your own life force, your own purpose, but if you set that to the side and you more or less um, become aligned with Big Brother's will, uh, in that sense then you're manifesting whatever the world state church uh, would have us live within, whatever paradigm that is. And I think that by not unplugging from it, you are a de facto member of that church. That's what I mean, is that someone asked me if I'm doing magic. It's like, no, you are until you've unplugged. Magic being manifesting its will. There may be more to it. I mean, I think it's, it's a fascinating area of research, but I'm more interested in understanding how it works or how they think it works because it's pretty apparent that beyond just the propaganda, there is this other layer to everything where it delves into the spiritual. And this is what got me started on this topic was I got into that, I was referencing the books that I picked up and I've been looking into runes and, and the theory behind the shamanic understanding of magical alphabets because we're talking about words and creation itself and spells and how we're interfacing with reality through symbols, but when you get into the study of the alphabets and, and the letters themselves, whether it's Hebrew characters or the Norse runes or any variation of them, they're meant to represent reality at, at its most basic level um, before it's manifest, as in these are not merely uh, symbols that evoke words that have meanings attached, but that they are descriptions of reality itself and that when we're speaking and thinking in words we are in some way a part of this manifestation process. Again, the idea of reality as a creation and process is far different from the static dead universe of balls falling through space. And that's just my opinion and I don't care to get too much into the speculation stuff. However, you know, there is a point where you can't ignore it, which is why I'm doing research. For one thing, it's pretty clear that much of their symbolism, ritual theater, and pageantry has to do with the god of time and cycles of life and death. So ultimately, I think we're talking about, uh, when we're talking about magic, we're talking about some kind of imitative ritual practices that connect what they're doing here on Earth on a microcosm with the cycles above, specifically the astrological cycles. We point out oftentimes the connections between the dates and the various events. Well, like for example, 1122, assassination of JFK. Uh, what's the significance of that? Well, we enter into Sagittarius. And I think it was... Actually, there was a Micah Dank, who does this breakdown of astrotheology, he said that the assassination of JFK was just symbolic of the the arrow of Sagittarius, the projectile. 
let me see what else we have here going through your comments. Someone says, man's deadliest weapon is language. He is as susceptible to be hypnotized by slogans as he is to infectious diseases. Lean Dion says, words, sword. That's true. It's an anagram. Words and sword. And that brings up something else. Mind viruses. Virus of the mind. Richard Brody. Creator of Microsoft Word. I mean, just think about that. Microsoft Word. Mind virus. Then you get Bill Gates, Microsoft, virus. There's some kind of connection here that they've made between the physical virus and the mind virus or the word virus. Because a, a mind virus is a word virus. If you want to look at it that way, it's about words. That can be combined. They can transmit. They can metastasize. They can become complex. Complexes of words and ideas become a cult. That's their, the whole theory behind memetics you know is like there's like this analogy that they say between genetics and memetics and you can trace ideas by how they combined with other ideas and they they like q for example you could look at that as a really a monster it's a frankenstein hybrid chimera religion uh, but it's a combination of mind viruses Uh, Breaking Bad says you host... Oh, this is called Infinite Plane Radio. The ritual itself isn't magic, he says. It's like a tuning fork. You set it and forget it. The magic is in you. That's my understanding. Yes. Yeah, the tuning fork makes sense, too. The idea here... And this is how I got to this. Because I, I went to this park where these pagans were doing their thing. And I, I ask a lot of questions because I'm doing a research. And, and I, I, I'm doing a deep dive. And what they do is they're aligning their ceremonies and their gatherings with the, what they call, I think it's like the eight-fold division of the year. It's like the, the equinoxes, the solstices, and then the in-between. But what they're doing on Earth with these various ceremonies is they're reenacting in a personified form the changing of the seasons. And the idea is that by aligning oneself with the, quote, cosmic cycles, when one is synchronized with it, um, somehow this is the source of their ability to, quote, do magic, whatever that happens to mean. And what I, what one thing it, it seems to me it could mean is uh, cognitive harmony. Like, if you think about it, the mind war, the internal war, is cognitive dissonance. You know, it's, it's uh, chaos in your head. Fears, superstitions, mind war. But if you remove that, and you replace it with cognitive harmony, I think you release a lot of surplus. And I could see that alignment with the cycles and uh, understanding of the intrinsic order to everything. I could see that as being somewhat beneficial in some sense. But Wayne Dion says, broadcast news, north, east, west, south. Okay, now that's something else too. Because news isn't news. We know this now. News is more or less uh, worldview framing. That's, that's always what it has been. And they open up all their spells by specifically invoking north, east, west, south. So there might be something to it. Jennifer Reeve says, I live not far from Salem. Well, speaking of, uh, Nick Fuentes recently said that um, he thinks that we need to burn all the witches again. 
he basically said that we need to kill people who do ritual magic. Here we go. Neo-Nazi Nick Fuentes calls for the death penalty. It's a holy war, basically. But he specified, although he did say perfidious Jews, he did specify um, astrologers, occultists. He said, evildoers, these people worship false gods. They practice magic and rituals. They need to be given the death penalty straight up. I'm far more concerned about this than non-white people or mass migration. These people that are commuting with demons and engaging in witchcraft and stuff, they're suppressing Christ. They must be annihilated when we take power. This is God's country. This is Jesus' country. So, he's not talking about David Copperfield. He's not talking about stage magic. He's talking about witches, like, like Harry Potter stuff. But where is that coming from? All right, let's move on here. Uh, Nick Fuentes wants a lot of things. You know, right now he thinks there's some 12-year-old who's looking forward to her 16th birthday so she can get impregnated by a 32-year-old or 33-year-old Nick Fuentes by then. He wants to lower the age of consent so they can try to combat the demographic death spiral that his kind is facing. And he's a virgin. I'm like, honestly, he's doing everything wrong. Nick Fuentes is like a... He's, he's going to be the 40-year-old virgin, I mean, the way he's going with this. He claims he's totally celibate. He says that all sex is, is gay. That's his words. He says all sex is basically fornication and it will lead to hell unless it's for procreation. But he believes that Western women, because of Barbie feminism, don't want to procreate with them. So they need to make America first and they need to change our values. They need to change the everything so that he can impregnate a bunch of girls. So that's what he's waiting for. But I'm saying is like, why wait? You know, you think you're going extinct. You could have had 10 babies by now, 20 babies, 30 babies by now. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of trad wives out there you know, eager for Nick Fuentes. Like, what's the holdup? Like, one thing that you find with any successful cult or religion is lots of babies. That's why the Mandela effect is doomed. I don't see a lot of them replicating. Do ladies just not want to have babies with the Mandela affected? You think that would be, like, something sought after? You, know, you want to have kids with somebody who transcends this dimension, who sees through the matrix. But no, apparently not. Mandela affected are going extinct. Travis Cloud says, Cat Williams has been talking about the Illuminati for a while, but who knows what it really means. Yeah, I listened to his interview. I don't know what to make about all of it. Not all of it. I mean, I watched it, I listened to it, I think he's... He's definitely a very funny comedian. It almost felt to me, though, like he was punching down, you know, ripping on a lot of these other comedians. And I understand it's competitive and all that, but it just seems like he's established himself and, at this point, attacking other people. Like Kevin Hart. He called Kevin Hart a plant. Well, maybe, um, but for me, they're all plants to, to an extent. If you're not calling everything fake, 
you're part of the matrix, you are essentially a plant yourself. I mean, that's how this thing is. It's layered. Okay, let's see what else we have. Going through my notes on minds.com. Maddie V said, you know what responses you'll get from the echo chamber? It gives you a dopamine hit and life will be good, but it's not the case. They keep dreaming if it makes them happy. Waiting for a savior is the best escapism. Oh yeah, there's definitely that. The waiting for a savior and this has been really powerful, though. I mean, we've watched this messianic figure of Trump. I mean, he just became this messiah. And uh, there's no limit to what people will believe. I've been trolling some of these people who believe that Trump is JFK, but now they've mixed it up to where Trump is Elvis, Trump is JFK, Trump is Jesus. It reminds me, again, this is superstition. We're living in a very superstitious age. And if you look back at old myths and various gods like you, you can laugh at these things and say people believe the craziest things look at the things they believe about the dictators of North Korea like when the previous leader of North Korea died all the birds stopped singing and everybody went out crying how he was a superman who never had to go to the bathroom because he was above that like they have all these stories that they literally believe and I don't think it's any different it just shows you the level of, I'm not going to say cognitive decline, but I'll say how divorced the the consensus is from reality. That there is that much, you can actually diverge from reality that much and still participate. No padded room for you just because you think that Donald Trump is a 130-year-old rock star, formerly assassinated president, savior, or whatever. It's not even coherent. Breaking Bad says, I went down a hip-hop rabbit hole a few weeks ago. Lots of Cray surrounding P. Diddy. A lot of these individuals, uh, P. Diddy and, and others, are being sued. I've noticed a lot of that. There's a lot of money in it. Matt Perry now is being, you know, whether you think he's dead or not. I mean, I, I tend to think it's fake. But he's being called out for being mean to women. It's just a, it's a, another aspect of the clown show. But the P. Diddy stuff does sound pretty bad. So here's, and some of it's just strange. Some of it really is strange. And, and what Cat Williams is bringing out, I don't know. I mean, I, I see a lot of these videos. When people suggest that everyone at a certain level is compromised. I don't find that hard to believe. And you'll notice all the successful musicians, the big musicians, all their music reinforces the dominant psyops. And that's something that I didn't catch on till later, but if you look at like lyrics, look at any like dystopic heavy metal band from 20 years ago or something, and it's all basically global warming, World War III's coming, viruses. It's just, it's like CNN, basically, in music form. Like the worst, like, uh, prop it's propaganda inserted into the music. It's in all the genres. Okay, we talked a little bit about Gene Roddenberry. And to summarize, he's grateful for all the devil taught him in life. He was friends with L. Ron Hubbard and took part in nine channelings. I do want to dig back into that. Uh, tomorrow, though, 
tomorrow we're doing Cult of the Obelisk. And so we probably will deal with a lot of the Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, Nasatology stuff. Uh, Michael Letts says, they hoaxed the assassinations of MLK and RFK in 1968, which was an election year. The DNC had their convention in Chicago. 2024 is an election year, and the DNC is having their convention in Chicago. Interesting. Well, this is going to be a, a year for it, I believe. I mean, there's enough in the predictive programming. It's so redundant that, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is headshot year. And we're the only ones who are going to call it fake. Everyone else is going to say it's real or it's he's, they're going to have some spin on it. I don't expect anything to break the spell. Yeah, Eminem pushed a few things. Uh, Lean Dion says he helped push school shootings when a dude's getting bullied and shoots up his school, they blame it on Maryland. He also did a video about Steve Paddock and Vegas. So he hyped that one up. And then he did that one with, with Kid... Um, was it Kid Cootie? Where he was like, you're not wearing a mask and that's whack because you cough in the basket and now I'm in a casket. Where he was rapping about people not wearing a mask in the grocery store. Like, that's Eminem. I mean, who pays them for this stuff? The DHS? Now, here's something else. This is interesting. We're, we've talked, we talk a lot about visual illiteracy. This is fascinating. Where, Okay, I call it uh, MSM fundamentalism is what I'd call someone who believes in the screen and they argue off the screen. But the inability to tell real from fake. That's the new illiteracy, visual illiteracy. And the people who take things literally are what I would call auto-believers. Like, oh, I saw it on TV, so it's real. And it's bad enough that mainstream people think this way. But alternative thinkers or truthers fall for the same spell, but they just believe alternative, alternative BS, but for the same bad reasons. So this is an example. This is a very popular TikToker, and she sees this giant puppet, which is part of a an event in Russia. It's like this, basically it's a giant puppet. But she's convinced that this giant puppet is actually a sleeping Nephilim giant. Can somebody please explain to me what fresh hell is this? You So we're looking at a giant animatronic, I'd say about 40 feet tall, hanging from a crane, and it's time-lapsed. Now, it it's a big puppet, but she is convinced, just based on, I guess, her gut, that this is actually a fallen angel and not a puppet. So if you're just listening, it is just a giant wooden puppet in a scuba diver suit. No, that, my friends, is 1000% a Nephilim in disguise as a puppet. I'm going to show you another video of this same puppet, this massive giant 
puppet that they are putting in the water in the ocean for... So she's a thousand percent sure that this puppet is actually a Nephilim. A thousand percent. But no. Mm, No. I said no. That, my friends, is one thousand percent a Nephilim in disguise as a puppet. I'm going to show you another video of this same puppet. This massive, giant puppet that they are putting in the water in the ocean for whatever reason. Whatever reason they want to tell you they're putting it in there. I know what reason they're putting it in there for sure. But I want you to pay attention to the eyes of this puppet as he's being put into the water. Not only does he appear to look very aware of his surroundings, but he also looks very concerned. I don't know if you know this, but I know this. Most people should know this at this point. Giants do not like water. Uh, Genesis flood much? But the part that gets me the most... Genesis flood much? Okay, well, the eyes of the puppet do open as it goes into the water, and she thinks it's because Nephilims have had a bad experience. Traumatic, you might say. You know, the flood and all that. But her reason for believing it, she saw it on the screen, she's got a big TikTok following, and it's not just her. All of her followers believe it. 50 feet tall, were cannibalistic, not only cannibalistic, but also started to devour almost all of man's sustainable natural resources. And when they got bored with that, yeah, they turned. They turned all right. They began to devour man. And when even that got boring for the old Nephilim, they turned on one another, devouring the flesh and drinking the blood. And God knew he had no other choice. He had to flood the world. Hence the Genesis flood. God flooded the world to rid the world of the Nephilim because it was going to be, they were going to be, the reason for mankind's ultimate demise but for another reason as well, to rid the world of the DNA of the Nephilim, the tainted bloodline. You see, Satan was working. Okay, but if God flooded the world to get rid of the Nephilim, then where did this guy come from? Did he miss one? Like, this doesn't quite add up for me at all, but her, her rationale for believing it is absolutely nonsense. I'm just not surprised at all, but my, what I'm pointing it out, I think what I'm pointing out here is this. Uh, that's a byproduct of the non-skeptical approach to media. Non-skeptical. You're not skeptical if, again, you make the error of treating the screen itself as a sensory apparatus, as an argument from authority. Okay, I have some... Here we go. Lyrics for you. This is actually from that song I mentioned. In a collaboration with Kid Cudi, Detroit rapper Eminem makes it clear where he stands on face masks... And the lyrics are, um, I think I have to pay to read the article. But yeah, here we go. Trying to see if I can find the actual lyric. Because he rhymed mask with whack and basket with casket and coffin with coffin. You know, coughing, but coffin with coffin. Real cutting edge stuff there. Okay, let's see what else we got here going through your comments, see if we've missed anything else. Yeah, Travis Cloud, what's more believable, the Miami Mall aliens or the Nephilim Muppets? Okay, that's another thing, too. The fact that people believe or entertain the idea of aliens in Miami based on really bad video. So, bad video, interestingly, is more convincing to people than good video. Why is that? Because they can't tell because it's blurry. So now it's a question, is it real or fake? It opens the question. You know, it shouldn't, but they see the blurriness as, well, now it's a question if it's real or fake. It's assumed that something happened or that there's something there worth looking at and people just spread this stuff. It's hard to debunk, so it just makes it easy 
kind of like Bigfoot. I think people like the question, but the power of the rumor is what I'm emphasizing here. The rumor of a big event um, tends to convince people that something went down. Um, in my research on symbolism, I did come across this. Here is the founder of the Church of Satan explaining the devil's horns. And this is in the 60s. This is uh, long before it became you know, common for every celebrity to do it. I understand that. Uh, what are you doing? I'm giving a blessing to the to the audience. I don't think they appreciate it. They were throwing it back. Well, they thought it was a curse. Uh, Would you like me to show them how the sign of the curse works? Sign it's of the curse. Completely different. How does it go? No, not at you, not at you people out there in the audience. But this is the difference. Aim it toward Red China, would you? <laughs> this is the sign of the horns, a curse sign. The two fingers extended. This way, spread apart for sort of shotgun blast, you know, I always all figured over. if I ever met the, de the devil, it'd have dirty fingernails. Go on. No, they're not. <laughs> yes, they are. Where, where? Dirty, dirty fingernails. All right, so who knew? Uh, Anton LaVey, Church of Satan, has dirty fingernails. Uh, interesting character in the big story, if you look at the proximity of he to the Manson psychological operation, hoax, or whatever you want to call it, uh, one of his witches, Susan Atkins, did the honors of opening the uh, pregnant belly of Sharon Tate and taking the baby out. That was one of his witches who did that. So there's a direct connection between the Charles Manson cult and the Satanic cult. And this isn't the same group that put the Halloween decorations up in the Iowa Capitol that got taken down. Separate group. And then one of the characters associated with him, Michael Aquinos, wrote Mind War which we often use that phrase. It comes from the founder of the Temple of Set, which is a Church of Satan offshoot. And then he's associated with Kenneth Anger, who wrote Hollywood Babylon. And we often talk about Babylon, the goddess of this new age. Well, interestingly, Marjorie Cameron, who did the Babylon working with L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons, did a movie with Kenneth Anger. So one degree separated from this individual as well. I did a mind map connecting Anton LaVey to a lot of various psychological operations. It's pretty intriguing, which makes me think he's in the know about how it all works. Uh, this is really interesting, too. We often talk about Newsbenders, you know, the, the movie Newsbenders, the 30-minute play, rather. And they talk about writing the news five years in advance. Well, this is really interesting because it came out in 1968 when the construction began on the Twin Towers. And they finished in 1973, five years away. Anyway, he did some digging into this because we're talking about a play where a journalist, a protagonist, is shown a hidden door to a secret room where they have all these props where they fake the news, you know, like a little moon landing set, etc., but in this scene, they actually show what looks to be the Twin Towers. It's a single rectangle and a shadow. But as they're talking about staging fake events, they pass by what looks like the Twin Towers, in addition to other things that, like the moon landing, etc. But the whole point of it is, this newsbenders, is that they bend our reality by bending the news, by writing the news five years in advance as the ultimate form of control. And the people in it, 
are all under surveillance and if they talk about it they would have some kind of explosive charge go off in their heads it's a great film a great show i mean a play highly recommend it newsbenders writing the news five years in advance well my take on it is that they're writing it in broad strokes a hundred years in advance a thousand years in advance they're they're going along with the astro logical cycles so astro theological cult astrological cycles the new age they're looking at broad strokes a thousand years this is what's gonna happen big trends and right now five years I don't know maybe with specifics with five years but I'm thinking it's it's definitely 50 years minimum I mean look at how many generations uh, we've been inundated with alien invasion crap all right well this has been great we'll be back tomorrow we're definitely going to be doing the zoom conference so you want to get in and if you want to take a part on that what we're doing with this is we're re-editing cult of the obelisk adding a couple more years of research and out of it we'll distill a new documentary well a second edition we'll add to it and be the most informative on the subject i think we've done a lot of work and it needs to all be included in the same uh well, actually, hey, great point there. Uh, Thrustazar says, Anton LaVey, a time traveler, Andrew Tate. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Tate looks exactly like him, doesn't he? It's probably by design. Andrew Tate, Anton LaVey. Interesting, they do look alike. All right, good night, everyone. Uh, appreciate everyone buying the tickets. Again, this is going to pay for the new Zoom premium version. And we're going to be doing a lot of these. The reason for the Zoom is this. It records. It allows for questions and answers. I can bring other people on to talk. High quality or high definition recordings. But also, uh, the Zoom conferences are so we can focus on just one topic at a time. And we're going to be doing more of these. Because we need to produce IPR deep dives. And every deep dive will be a short documentary about a specific topic. Where there are some things we could just... Go ahead and you know nail the coffin shut on the ISS. Nail it shut on this or that thing. But it has to be done in a way that doesn't get censored, where we're not mixing it in with other stuff, because that's what happens. We talk for hours, and you know over the course of the night we've said like 10 bannable things. So it's going to be great to get focused on specific topics. All right, this is Auto Hoax or GTFO. I'll put a link below for the newsletter. And we're going back to the 24-7 live immediately after this.
basing what you believe to be true based on the screen and the screen alone, you're not a skeptic. 